So what's the big topic of the day across the United States? It is the polar vortex, the Arctic freeze, ice mageddon. We're all doomed. It is pretty scary out there. And as Time Magazine and others have pointed out, the fact that it's so cold, of course, proves that it's getting way too warm. Uh, Ethan Epstein with the Weekly Standard had a gr- has a great piece in the current edition of the Weekly Standard on global warming. Ethan, th- so glad for your time. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Hi there. So what did, what did you learn about the current status of global warming science working on your, uh, on your story for the Weekly Standard? Uh, well, what I learned is that it's a lot more fluid and a lot less settled than some would have us believe. Uh, that, that there's a lot more that's up to debate than one would imagine. Uh, for example... Uh, well, the main uh, the main source of debate is just how sensitive the climate is, how sensitive the atmosphere is to the amount of carbon that's being put into it. Now, that hasn't really been established at all, and uh, the computer models that project catastrophe are relying on certain assumptions that aren't necessarily settled. Uh, the commu- these are the computer models that high-profile people like, for example, uh, former Vice President Al Gore has pointed to to say that the polar ice caps would be gone by today or that there would be widespread uh, flooding because of rising tides by today. Those models? Uh, That's correct, yeah. Of course, Al Gore himself isn't actually using the models. He's relying on the models that certain climate scientists use to sort of peer into the future, um, even if those models are already showing themselves to not be accurate. (laughs) One of the uh, facts that you quoted from uh, Professor uh, Richard Lindzen of MIT, who you could argue, based on his uh, on his CV, might be the leading climate scientist in the world. If you look at the share he has at MIT and his uh, the number of peer reviewed articles, he's, he's definitely uh, one of them. Yep. Yeah, uh, he his the number he uses is, is that since the Industrial Revolution, we've had one degree Celsius, about one point six degrees Fahrenheit, in warming uh, on planet Earth. That seems you know, something to pay attention to, but it doesn't right. seem scary. That's quite right. And by the way, I should add that that's not actually him. That's you know, that's not just him, I should oh, say. I that is the generally accepted number. What they're arguing about is what's going to come in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, Lindzen is trying to say, and what he's saying is that because up to this point there hasn't been much warming, there's no reason to project these catastrophic uh, temperature increases. And, uh, you know, he would seem to have a pretty strong argument based on what we've observed so far. Well, the, uh, the 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 conversation we're having today in the midst of this, uh, you know, bitterly cold moment, is somehow this bitterly cold moment is also a sign that there is doom right around the corner. Uh, right. And so, is, is have you discovered anything working on your piece, the Weekly Standard, that isn't proof of global warming? Uh, you know, that's that's a fine point. Um, we've really sort of reached the jumping the shark moment when, you know, they're pointing to cold weather as evidence of warming. But, um, I, I, you know, I would caution against, of course, pointing to any specific day of weather and saying this is either proof or not proof of global warming. And, of course, that would also be, you know, wise for the, the so-called alarmists to do as well, because, as you know, every time there's a hurricane or something, that's held right. up as indisputable proof of warming. And, of course, uh, we just had a year where there were unusually uh, an unusually small number of tornadoes in the United States. And that was proof of global warming, (laughs) which is interesting because two years ago, I believe it was, two or three years ago, we had an unusually high number of tornadoes. And that was proof of global warming. And so it comes back to this question, can it be science if the thesis isn't falsifiable? If everything is proof of your thesis, 
No matter what. Yeah. The, I mean, so, for example, uh, did you confirm the uh, the widely disseminated notion we've read in the New York Times, the London Guardian, that there has been no measurable warming since 1998? Did, is that the? Do, do people agree on that fact? Uh, that's basically agreed on. I mean, the only argument now is what has caused the uh, the pause, the but the pause, pause itself is, is is indisputable. Mm-hmm. And if, um, the, if it's, but here's my point: if it's a pause, then once again, it's evidence of global warming. Right. No warming is evidence of global warming because a pause presumes warming, as opposed to saying this is another data set that we have to fold into our calculations. And hmm, it seems to indicate that our calculations are wrong. I, I read, heard a great quote yesterday from Ron Bailey at Reason Magazine, uh, Ethan, where he mm-hmm. was quoting one of the IPC scientists saying, uh, uh, "If if it's wrong for 17 years." Yeah. Then we have to rework our models. Well, it's been 17 years, and his new statement is, well, okay, well, let's make it 20. It's wrong <laughs> right. for 20 years. So, yeah. well, so what? So yeah. 100 years from now when there's been no warming, it's going to just be like this 100-year pause? That's the point? Right. No, I mean, it's a wonderfully convenient tautological system you can set up where literally everything proves your thesis. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful position to be in. Uh, but the uh, the people who uh, urge us to take public policy positions based on fear of global warming argue that there is this broad consensus. So you wrote that uh, Professor Lindzen, despite his credibility and his academic track record and his bona fides, he's been under constant assault scientifically and personally for disagreeing. Is that consensus as strong as a typical person who watches MSNBC might believe? I don't think it is, and I actually think the fact that people like Lindzen and other credible skeptics like Judith Curie at uh, Georgia Tech, for example, the fact that they've come under such uh, vituperative attack, I think, is evidence that the consensus isn't as strong as some would have us to believe. Because, you know, why why would they bother dealing with people like Lindzen if, you know, the consensus were utterly unimpeachable? There'd be no strategic reason to go after him. Uh, In other words... If he were so ridiculously wrong, you just let him just talk and talk and be wrong and wrong. Exactly. Uh, but like maybe say someone in the trying to track Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> but, exactly. But in this exactly. case, he seems to be onto something, and so he has to be stopped. Right. That they have to go after him with such venom is mm-hmm. evidence of weakness on their side. I would argue. What are a couple of things that the average person doesn't know about the current state of either the climate or climate science? Or what are a couple of things that you hear a lot that you just go, "Oh, please, that's just nonsensical." That uh, that you've learned, you know, in the process of your reporting. Well, one of them, and you know, the most profound is just the projections. We're told that. Anywhere between two degrees at the bottom or a 5.5 degrees Celsius rise in temperatures by the year 2100 is baked in the cake, that it's inevitable. But that relies on the models being correct where they have not been correct so far. Mm-hmm. So it makes a huge logical leap that, uh, you know, we really shouldn't be taking. And that's just accepted as indisputable fact. Uh, so, but c- couldn't it still happen? I mean, it's only 2014, right? It, I mean, sure, anything could happen, but mm-hmm. the evidence that we've assembled so far does not uh, create a solid case for it happening in 2100. And it's established, you know, it hasn't been established. Right. We, we need to keep gathering the evidence, which is what people like Richard Lindzen will say. You know, it's, we're, he's not saying let's not look at what's happening. He's saying that what's happened so far does not prove the projections that they're making. Well, then how does, what does he think is happening? We do have a record amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. The oceans are absorbing some of it. What does yeah. he think is the reason why this isn't just a pause, but why the Earth might be handling the change? 
well, it's just that the atmosphere itself is not as sensitive to CO2 as the more alarmist projections believe that it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we, as you say, that there is a record amount of CO2 in the atmosphere right now. There's the most that there's been for about 15 million years. But given that, we've only seen a degree of warming, one degree of warming since the advent of industrialization. That seems to me and to him to show that the climate isn't as sensitive as some would say that it is. And he talks about why that would be, and this is another reason why it's a terrific article you've got for the Weekly Standard. Ethan Epstein, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you.